Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about A Witch's Guide to Fake Dating a Demon by Sarah Hawley. This was just published in 2023. It's a series, but we don't have a series name. Yes, nope. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of the book from the publisher. So uh, I think we just dump, jump right into it with the book jacket. Let's do it. Mariel Spark is prophesied to be the most powerful witch seen in centuries of the famed Spark family. But to the displeasure of her mother, she prefers baking to brewing potions and gardening to casting hexes. When a spell to summon flour goes very wrong, Mariel finds herself staring down a demon, one she inadvertently summoned for a soul bargain. Osroth the Ruthless is a legend among demons. Powerful and merciless, he drives hard bargains to collect mortal souls. But his reputation has suffered ever since a bargain went awry. If he can strike a bargain with Mariel, he will earn back his deadly reputation. Osroth can't leave Mariel's side until they complete a bargain, which she refuses to do. Turns out some humans are attached to their souls. But the witch is funny and curvy and disgustingly yet endearingly cheerful. Becoming awkward roommates quickly escalates when, when Mariel, terrified to confess the inadvertent summoning to her mother, blurts out that she's dating Osroth. As Osroth and Mariel struggle with their opposing goals and maintaining a fake relationship, real attraction blooms between them. But Osroth has a limited amount of time to strike the deal, and if Mariel gives up her soul, she'll lose all her emotions, including love, which will only spell disaster for them both. LOL spell disaster. Ha, 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 ha. That's a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> fine with this jacket. I'm fine with it. It's cute. It, it, yeah. It's fine. The, I mean, there's only one thing that's incorrect on there, and it's that Osroth has a limited amount of time to strike the deal. He gets a deadline from his mentor? Yes. So it's close enough to true for it's me? Fine. That, yeah. It's fine. As we were reading it, it's the only thing that stuck out to me is, like, not true. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of the non-soul-binding deal that they come up with, which I loved. <laughs> we'll talk about it okay as usual we generated a random number between 1 and 50 and wrote our own summaries based on that number and for this episode the number was 7 so take it away Lane studying a new species requires practical application it's very true she's trying to learn all about him from books from you know yeah. The source of his demonic powers to what exactly is the situation in his pants. Yeah. And some things you just have to learn for yourself. It's true. Some things you do have to learn for yourself. The way you just said that reminded me so much of when we talked about Morning Glory Milking Farm. And you <laughs> just wanted to know, like, how all of the different creatures, like, what was in their pants. <laughs> and what was your summary, Meg? My seven-word summary is the dangers of mispronunciation... <laughs> oh my god i'm dying <laughs> oh, oh, i think a demon i just like summoned a demon Ooh, sure? okay. the dangers of mispronunciation cannot be overstated first of all that's fantastic second of all i can tell you're not a potterhead 
because you avoided the Leviosa, not Leviosa. Um, of course I avoided that because it was the stupidest thing. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, it is a trope in magic. It is a trope in magic. It's a super magical trope. Is very important. It is. It is. It's a. It's a giant thing. It's. I actually wrote my undergrad thesis on it. So, there you go. <laughs> but not about Harry Potter, though. <laughs> about mispronunciation and magic specifically. About uh, linguistic theory and magic. Yes. That is the most you thing I have ever heard. I know, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. The book jacket and our summaries do a lot on the tropes. Mm-hmm. I mean, as the book jacket says, she's the sunshine, he's the grump. And she's also, like, the sun for the plants. It's it's cute. It's very cute. It's very cute. They, so, he does not, but she has a toxic family of origin. She has a very tough relationship with her parents. Yes. His situation was a little bit weird. Yes. Um, It's not so much that his family of origin is toxic, so much as, like, the expectation of his culture. There's that, and then he's being, and he has a mentor figure who's a dick, but, like, he's a dick in a way that is, like, a good thing in their society. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was interesting. It was an interesting one, and, I mean, I do think it... I don't know if it was meant to go this far, but I think you can examine like your personal culture and your family's culture and be like, there are things that I don't like from that. I I did not feel like it was going so far as to be like, you know, issues of cultural relativism or things like that. So I right. don't, right? I don't think she was like going that far. Plus, I don't think we saw any demons who are like, I mean, yes, all demons are a different race slash species, but it was interesting. It was a it was an interesting one. One of my overall takeaways from this book is we've we've sort of started delving into this world of like monster romance in the real world mm-hmm. more and more. And this is, I think, the longest book. I think a lot of them have been novellas, and even the ones that have been novels have sort of been shorter novels. Mm-hmm. And this isn't long by any means, but I definitely think there was a higher word count to work with here. Mm-hmm. Like, given, given that that was the case, I felt the world building fell short in certain aspects mm-hmm. in a way that frustrated me because there was enough time to explain it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I think would have been really interesting to delve into were just kind of like dropped in for humor or because it was necessary in that exact moment without ever being delved into further there. Yes. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think that a lot of that is on purpose so that you don't have to address these ideas of like, well, is it actually a different culture? You know, (laughs) is this a racist book? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, there is a lot of forced proximity, like literally, (laughs) Which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, the, the one of the, I guess, underlying magical tenets of when a demon is summoned to make a soul bargain is the demon is physically compelled to remain within a certain number of feet yeah. of the summoner. So, like, they have to share the same house 
I mean, technically he could probably sleep in the yard, but she's like, ugh, I'm not going to make him do that. It's not his fault that he's here trying to make a bargain for my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very funny. I really liked it. And as the uh, title alludes, they have a fake relationship. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. They're trying to find an explanation for why he has to be with her that she can tell her mother. And that one just seems to be the easiest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what pops out of her mouth, which I do feel like is a trope as well. Like, that they don't plan to be fake dating, and then it's just this excuse that someone comes up with. Oh, yeah, he's, he's my boyfriend. And then it just blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was fun. And then title trope. We've talked about this many a time. The someone's guide to something. So, I mean, this is a cute twist on it. Yeah, but it's definitely playing off of some existing trends. And I think actually the book itself played into some, like, cultural references. I wonder if Meg got. We'll talk about it. (laughs) I got, like, maybe one or two. (laughs) Not that many. (laughs) I did, I will say I had a lot of fun reading this book. It might have been novel length, but I read it so quickly. Like, it was such an easy read. It was a romp. It's the first couple of chapters. I was actually expecting this to be, like, young adult lit. Mm. The writing style is very young adult. And the big parallel that the whole thing gave me was very Vampire Diaries. Okay. Um, The town in Vampire Diaries is Mystic Falls, and it is on some magical ley lines that lead to increased supernatural activity in the area. Vampire Diaries is obviously primarily vampires, but there's also, you know, tons of other mythical creatures that show up over the course of the show. And one of the things that everybody always laughed about with Vampire Diaries was there was always some, like, town-specific thing of the week and the mm-hmm. peppy blonde best friend's mother was the sheriff. Mm. Like there's, I thought it was a pretty, I would be very surprised to learn that Sarah Hawley did not watch the Vampire Diaries. Oh, she probably didn't. Well, I can't, I did read the author's note because I like to do that, but I didn't catch whether she said anything about Vampire Diaries. Wouldn't surprise me if she did. Yeah, and it wasn't like a ripoff by no. any means, but like the setting like the the event of the week in like Vampire Diaries, it was like, you know, this was Autumn Fest, Vampire Diaries at a Harvest Fest and Founders yeah. Day and Miss Mystic Falls pageant. And like, there was always some event where somebody was like doing a display. It, yeah. it just, I was picturing Mystic Falls the entire time I was reading this book. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, the thing is his name is Ozroff, but they mm-hmm. all call him Oz. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer reference for me. Yes. Uh, and again, not too much, right? It was like just enough to be like, oh yeah, there was this like supernatural teen show. Wait. Well, that's just it. Between I think the writing style and the fact that the allusions to that specific era of TV mm. were so clear. When this took a turn to the adult romance, I was actually sort of like, oh, they're twenty eight. Because even the characters read a lot younger to me. The characters do feel very young. This book felt, I wouldn't call it young adult, but I would call it new adult. Right? Which is this, it's the new genre that's 
I know. But it's it's not young adult, right? Because the the characters, the main characters are adult. They're actually adults, right? Right, but they're college age. And like, if that's what new adult is, then yeah, like these characters' problems were the problems you expect in a book about 18 and 19 year olds. Well, assuming yes. themselves with their parents, thinking about furthering their education, yep. you know, dating seriously for the first time. Like yes. not minimizing those things, just saying like. I was very, very surprised. She works part-time at a garden center. Like, yeah. this screamed, like, that 18, 19-year-old problems, with yes. the exception of the summoning of a demon and the fact that on paper she was 28 and he was 200 but looked 30. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing, too, is we spend most of our time reading historical romance and 28 is, like, old. On the shelf. Right. And then you read this book. If she's 28, she's still trying to figure her life out. And how am I going to pay for grad school? And she's got this best friend who will meet her at the diner at two in the morning. And I mean, I, I don't know when I, again, maybe I'm like a weirdo. But when I was 28, I, I did not have a friend I could call. When I was in grad school, yes. Like in grad school, I could go to the diner at like two in the morning and did sometimes. But once I like had a job, I, you know, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, my friends and I are night owls, but even like the, we definitely can just meet at a diner at 2 a.m. exactly goes away when you have full-time employment. Right, right. And I mean, I think that's the thing too. It's like, they're not grad students. They are actually supposedly adults. And she and one of the blonde perky best friends are supposed to be the same age the other one is younger and it right. kind of makes sense why she's so available but like they don't mention anybody having a full-time job that's true except yeah. for the mayor like it just it felt very archetypical teen yes well and one of the things that i thought was interesting and again we've talked about it a lot in the past year or so about this new trend where one of the conflicts of the book is going to be the main character dealing with their toxic family and that was huge. It was huge here, right? And of course, one of the ways that you see that the main character is right for you is that they stick up for you to your family or they say it's not fair that your family treats you that way or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it did work both ways here where I think she was like, wait a minute, but your mentor, he shouldn't be treating you like that either, you know? Yeah, that worked really well for me. One of the other trends in modern romance that we've seen a lot of is the like critique of capitalism mm -hmm. inherent in the conflict. And in this case, it's bulldozing a natural hot spring to make way for a development of a spa. And I just thought it was really funny to have these quick critiques of class conference coming from critiques of class conflict coming from a demon who admits he's loaded and two of the town's heiresses who are so rich that at 28, they don't have real jobs. Yes, thank you. That that part did bug me because like yeah. her her biggest issue is she wants, I was actually like very annoyed at this. She wants to go to grad school and she wants to study something her mother doesn't appreciate. And her biggest thing, her biggest issue dealing with her family is how to get her mom to pay for her grad school. And I was like, like, I understand that this is a toxic relationship, but also just take out some loans. Like, I'm not like, choosing like, an asshole, but... Wasn't it like her mom pays for her apartment, too? Like, mm -hmm. 
I just thought it was really funny when she was complaining to Osroth about how like we have student loans in this society and she thinks it's awesome that demons do like collective education where everything is free and I'm laughing and like bitch you're not paying for school you're literally like mm-hmm. trying to learn magic so mommy will cut the check uh-huh thank you yes I, they, all of that really bothered me yes there were yes there are just some contradictions inherent in the characters and the the setting you know that and like yes i get that the real con the real villain here is not the demons it's capitalism right those contradictions would not have bothered me nearly as much if the characters had been 18 because 18 year olds <laughs> are allowed to be a little dumb and myopic yeah 28 yeah. year olds probably should have a little bit more self-awareness at the very least yeah i mean i think that's interesting because we were talking about like this delayed adulthood right or delayed adolescence and i really felt that with this mm-hmm. book and because they were loaded yeah yeah you're right i mean that's the reason why it wouldn't have worked otherwise mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked and i mean compare it with the book we just read the neighbor favor right lily in that book does come from a family that's extremely affluent like would have no problem supporting her and she does lean on her family sometimes but she's also full-time she has a full-time job. She's trying to have a career, find things. So She's living like, with her sister to save money. Right, right, right. Reading those two back to back, maybe that was part of the shock too. I don't know. But wasn't Lily younger than 28 too? Also, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. But. I have a question. Okay. So one of the things we took, like this book did a, what a lot of, I think, monster romance does where they like, parallel the real world really, really closely, mm-hmm. and then just sort of insert magical events into the timeline of reality. Right. And one of the things the book does is it looks back at significant moments in history and talks about the moments that were like negotiations with a demon. But Azeroth explains that demons can only take the souls of magical beings mm-hmm. and those magical beings, it like give up their, essentially their magical power and their capacity for emotion but it's kind of implied that normal mortals can make deals, but demons don't want their souls or their souls are less powerful. But right. it was left super vague, mm-hmm. which then made it complicated when um, it's implied Richard Nixon was a witch. And like, I, this is where I needed the world building to be more or less. <laughs> it was really, I mean, I, it was meant, I think, to be a throwaway ha-ha line. Yeah. Like, if you think too hard about it, then you're like, wait a minute. And I think too hard about everything. It's a defining personality trait. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's very true. But, okay. And also, I thought the ending was like, I was very confused about how they got around the whole deal thing. Okay, first, this is a spoiler. Uh, everything from like 80% on to her uncle walking into the dinner. Mm-hmm to the actual ending, I was like, no one is reacting in a way that I think is consistent with their character and I am not following the plot. Yes. Uh, one of the things I really, really liked was how, so they fall in love. Uh, that's not a spoiler. They fall in they love. They end up together. And they're like trying to figure out how they can make this relationship work. Because he's a demon. He's basically immortal. And she's going to have a normal human lifespan. Also, he can't go back to the demon realm unless he makes a bargain with her to take her soul. And she's not about to do that. 
And so they're like, they they decide, and I actually loved this because they like talked it through, and they're like, let's let's do this thing. And he's like, I have to stay within a certain distance of you. They decide that they're gonna try to make this relationship work, and he'll just live with her, and then like on her deathbed, she'll make a bargain with him, and he can take her soul and take it back. And he's like, well, you know, I'll wait like seventy more years max. And we'll be good. And like, I, I thought it was like the cutest. I really liked it. Actually, I thought it was like the cutest thing. And then he's like, and if we break up, I'll just like live in your basement. He specifically comes up with a strategy to tunnel underground, which I yeah. thought was excellent. I loved it. So like that part I thought was super cute and sweet and like really showed this good communication between the two of them. They like talked out the issues and like really came up with a solution that worked for them both. I actually loved it. So then you're right. Then when there's a big misunderstanding and it's like super jarring because they had just had this like mature adult conversation and decision. So that was really tough. Overall, like this book is hella fun. Mm -hmm. You just can't think too hard about anything. I, I totally agree with you. It It's like super fun. And again, I picked it up. I read the whole thing and I was like, well, that was fun. And the writing was really evocative of like a colorful world. Yeah, I agree. Like I totally, the way she describes like him drinking champagne for the first time. Yes. And he's sort of been transformed as a demon and he's appreciating different things that he hadn't mm -hmm. previously and is getting really overwhelmed by certain yes. parts of like the human world. And I thought the way all of that was described was like, it was an explosion of color. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. I will say my understanding is this is her debut novel. So oh. I know. So I was like, okay, like I, I do give a little bit more grace when it's like someone's very first book. And especially for our first book, I was like, yeah, thumbs up. This is a good time. Yep. Absolutely. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to content warnings? I don't think so. I mean, I think the content warnings are the family stuff. There's a lot of high stress confrontations. Yeah. With toxic parents and parental figures. Some go well, some do not. Um, but I can imagine it being very triggering. Yep, absolutely. And the same thing for him. I mean, he, again, we talked about his mentor being toxic, but it's really like his his foster father, mm -hmm. you know, as a father figure in his life, who's raised him since he was like seven or eight. Six. There you go. So, I mean, the, everything about their relationships with their, their parents or their parent figures is extremely fraught. So if you don't want to read about people overcoming their toxic family of origin, maybe get out of romance and come back in like 10 years and see what the new trend is. <laughs> or you can read romance from like 10 years ago. Yeah, I think stuff being published right now is going to be a little tough. <laughs> it is a tough one. I Yeah, it is. Um, Anything else? I mean, not really. There's there's a little bit about like, like the corruption at the government level, but... Uh, does that need a content warning? No. No. Okay. Sexiness. It escalated quickly. Yep. Yes, it did. I like. I mean, I thought this was pretty sexy. It was cute, hot. It was cute, hot. Which was fun. 
And I had been very scared given the fact that demons are big and she was real obsessed with his dick and he was definitely, but it was going to be like one of those, his dick rearranges my organs and I have to be like, I like my organs where they are, but it did not go there. Mm -mm. And I was just so happy that it Mm -hmm. was like, she's a bit of a size queen, but not in a way that was like threatening to her anatomy. No, yes, not in the way where like you are in your bedroom like reading the book and then you like have to stop and like look at your wrist, you know? Yes, <laughs> and you're yes, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> go grab a can of soda from the fridge and be like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's no the worst like, when you like, like when you think about it and you're like, oh, oh, like the when way- you read it, you're like, okay, but then if you have to stop and like compare. Uh-uh. the way that um there's a lot of like threat to testicles in this book uh-huh and every time like all the male characters kind of wince in sympathy and that happens all the time uh, every time they talk about a dick being like two coke cans stacked together that's what i i like hunch over and yeah I'm, like oh that'd be behind my breastbone oh i know i know i know but not here not here um yeah that's what i'm saying i had a lot of apprehension yeah and so I'm grading on a curve here. Yeah. Really, like, the sex was just as cute and funny as the rest of the book. It was cute. It was funny. It was it was fun. Like, they were having a fun time. And yes. I do like I do like reading about sex where they're just having a good time, you know? There were a couple of aborted attempts where you wanted to punch some people. But... Of course. But, you know, what are you going to do? There are worse things. There are. There sure are. <laughs> Anyway, I'm I'm going to be interested in checking out the next one. Which of the two best friends is it? It is her, I don't remember her name, but it's the best friend whose mom is the mayor. Oh, yeah, sorry, with a C. Her last name was, like, Cunnington? Yes. And it was just so close to cunt. I was yep. like, is that on purpose? <laughs> 100%, correct. And that's the thing, too, is, like, they have these names that are almost but not really names. Because her, right. na- her friend's name is not Cordelia, but it's, like, it's similar to Cordelia, mm-hmm. but it's not Cordelia. And like, like Muriel's name is not Muriel. It's Muriel. Right. And it's going to be with Osroth's mentor. That was very clear. Okay. Well, from the wasn't clear to me. His shit, the shit out of him. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe we'll learn more about demon culture lane and you'll be interested Tell me about Watergate specifically and how demon magic. Oh, what happened? What happened there? Hey, the bar in the Watergate Hotel is really good. Really it is. But really good. It is. I've been, they have a nice restaurant too. I've been there a couple Ooh, times. And that, the old fashioned is. <laughs> so we're ending this episode with bar recommendations in DC that have something to do with political intrigue. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> We'd love it. You would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you can find plot trusts.